Hey, I'm Judah. You're about to hear a message about Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I hope it is an encouragement to you personally. I want to remind you, if there's anything we can do to serve you, please go to churchhome.org. Join us on Pastor Chat. We want to ensure that you feel loved and cared for. All right, let's get to it. Here's the message. Hey, Church Home. Welcome to Weekly Service. So glad that you joined us today. My name is David, if we haven't had the chance to meet before, and I get the opportunity to be a part of our leadership team here at Church Home, and so excited to be gathering as a church community all across the globe. I'm not sure where you're tuning in from today. Uh, my wife and I and a few people from our community meet in our home every single week and participate in weekly service. Maybe you're watching this uh, alone in bed. Maybe you've got some people gathered in a cafe, or maybe you're even commuting to work. You weren't able to catch this live and you're watching this midweek, wherever you are. You need to know that we love you. We, and we are excited as a church community to be able to bring the message, the love, the forgiveness, the grace, of Jesus to you wherever you are at. Now, we're going to take a few moments and share today um, a message that, for fair, fair warning, just as we get started here today, um, as we follow Jesus, it tends to have impacts in our lives. So I don't know where you're at on the spectrum of following Jesus. Maybe you're just curious. You're kind of wondering, hey, uh, I want to learn more about what it looks like to follow Jesus. Or maybe you're somebody who says, hey, I've been following Jesus for a long time. Well, my warning to you today is that as we delve into the scriptures and we learn about the teachings of Jesus, and specifically today, we're going to talk about the heart, which scripture references over 900 times as the center of our being, the core of who we are. Now, as we talk about that, um, if we put into play some of the things that we're about to talk about today, my warning is the fact that it's going to have an impact on your life. Now, the reason why I say that as a warning is, you know, it's both exciting, but also um, there's real implications into following the person of Jesus. It's not always comfortable. It's not always easy. But I can promise you this is that the God of the universe, the creator of the heavens and earth cares about you. And I honestly believe that today you're going to be encouraged and you're going to leave walking away today from this message, being inspired to live a life more holistic of loving the people around you and living an integrous life more like Jesus. So today, would you turn with me, and we're going to put it up on the screen here. We're going to start out in the book of Proverbs, often called the book of wisdom, in chapter 4, in verse 23. And it says this. I'm going to read it in two different versions. It says, wisdom tells us, guard your heart above all else, because from it flows all the issues of life. Another translation reads this way, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Now, you may hear me saying this and say, okay, Dave, we're going to talk about guarding a heart, guarding a heart, keeping a heart. What does that mean? Uh, when I hear about my heart in culture and society today, oftentimes we don't hear about guarding our heart. It's more about throwing caution to the wind, going all in, and following your heart wherever it may lead. So the concept of guarding our heart is something that we don't talk about very often. Yet when we take a look at the scriptures, God tells us to do something very interesting with our heart. And I think it doesn't take us very long to realize why God might be talking to us around the subject of guarding the core of our being, what he which he talks about over 900 times. In fact, if you think about your daily life, the scroll, the addiction scroll culture of today. And even if you're one of the amazing individuals who have decided to delete social media off your phone, well, you have to go hide under a rock 
to keep yourself from being inundated from the information culture of today. And you know what? The news culture of today is no different than the news culture of the past. If it bleeds, it leads. Meaning the fact that the more dramatic, the more emphatic, the more, dare I say, divisive and um, side A, side B, the more argumentative, the more emphatic something is, the more traction it gets in today's day and age. And so unless you're hiding under a rock, which I doubt you're doing if you're watching this weekly service, um, you can take two seconds to think about the fact that, you know what? What I take in actually does affect the way that I feel about my life. What I take in and what I digest on an ongoing basis does have an effect on my heart. Now, scripture talks about guarding our heart because from it flows the springs of life. But it's interesting because I think a lot of times we don't really think about the heart. Now, sometimes we think about the heart in terms of ourselves. When we think about the people around us, the world around us, the sphere around us, well, oftentimes we judge people by their actions and not by their intentions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions or our heart, but we judge other people by their actions, right? So there's a a dichotomy at play, and this is probably natural. This is probably self-preservation. But for a few moments today, wherever you're at on this globe, we're going to delve into the subject and see what the person of Jesus, the God-man himself in humanly form, said and says today about our hearts and what we're to do in a culture, a society, a day and age, and when we're inundated by the extreme information culture that can so negatively affect our heart and therefore what comes out of us. But I want to encourage you today because no matter what is going on on the exterior, can I encourage you with this scripture? God in the book of Samuel says this about our heart and the way in which God has a perspective on your heart and my heart. It says this, it says, the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks upon the heart. Have you ever felt misunderstood? Have you ever felt like you've been in a position where you're trying to explain yourself to somebody and they're just not understanding where you're coming from? Can I encourage you today? You don't have to do that with God. Wherever you're at right now in your own heart, whether that's good or that's bad, you know how much exp- explanation God needs? He needs zero. So as we delve into this topic today, in the same way that you would maybe need to try to explain yourself with a friend, you don't need to do any of that with Jesus today. He already knows where you're at. And can I encourage you as we move forward is I believe that God wants to give us that same perspective that he possesses with humanity as we interact with those around us. Now, I'm not here saying that we can know other people's hearts But what I am saying is that I believe the Holy Spirit in his providence and God in in humanly form and God in spirit form can actually help us today as we navigate this life in guarding our hearts, believing the best in others, and looking more like Jesus. One of the first ways in which we can do this is by just simply seeking to be more like the person of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 11, In verse 29, it says this, it says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest in me. This world does not provide rest. In fact, the inundation of what we take in on an ongoing basis does not provide rest. You can take a look at any of the cultural statistics that are out there. The amount of of inputs that we take on a daily basis, numbers in the tens 
of thousands. In fact, the number one way in which profit is happening in America today is through you. It's through your mind space. It's through individuals paying money to influence the way that you think, you feel. And there are more inputs than there have ever been before. So the way that we have to start this conversation out in guarding our heart and what that looks like is first, we have to totally change our lens in the fact that I am not just trying to be the best David in the world. No, 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 no. My whole life is predicated on trying to take God's yoke upon me, allowing his rest to come upon me, his burden, which is easy and is light, where my burden is heavy. Where are you at today? What's going on in your life? What's going on in your sphere? Is there a family division that's taking place right now that's totally wrecking the way in which your emotions are controlling your day? Is there a relationship that is distressed in your life right now and it's the only thing that you're thinking about? It's taking possession of your mind and you can't walk throughout a day without thinking constantly about this conflict you have with somebody else? Is there a financial situation that has taken a hold of your heart so much that the anxiety of fearing that you're not gonna have enough or there's something bad that's impending and going to happen is controlling the way in which your stomach feels, you're not hungry anymore, you can't walk about freely? Can I encourage you today? The first way in which we guard our heart in which we follow God is by trying to release the burdens of God. And can I help you with even further in this? The burden of releasing your burdens is not your burden. I'll repeat that again because it could be confusing. The burden of you releasing your burdens is not your burden. One of my favorite demonstrations of faith in all of scripture is a father with a sick child who comes before Jesus and he makes this statement that I think is so provocative because it's so pure and so genuine and so authentic. And it says this, the father says, Jesus, I do believe that you can heal my son. Help me overcome my unbelief. Could I tell you and encourage you today, the first step in guarding our heart is asking God to help us. It's just simply asking God to help us. It's saying, God, if I'm being honest with myself, the inputs of my life, the anxieties of my day, the strife and struggle of relationships, of health, of finances, of any subject that you are being captivated by right now. God, it's taking the majority of my emotional and mental capacity. And God, I don't know what to do with that, but I'm going to give it to you today. You know, sometimes I like to start out my days and when I'm praying, I'll literally open my hands like this. And what that is, is that's a si signal of surrender, of saying, God, I realize that everything that I need in my life can only comes from you and I don't have the ability to do it. But the good news is, is that what God says is that when we do release our burdens to him, that we take upon his, which are easy and they are light. The second way in which I believe that we can guard our hearts is to actually ask the Holy Spirit for help. Now, let me just predicate this. If you've been following Jesus for some time, then you know what I mean when I say Holy Spirit. Now, if you have not been following Jesus for some time, um, you could be asking yourself, um, what is the Holy Spirit? I remember when I was 18 years old, I gave my life to Jesus for the very first time and I started reading the Bible. And I read about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And I went to some of my friends and I asked them, you know, what does this mean? What is the Holy Spirit? I was so curious. And it's really interesting. When you take a look at Jesus, after he was crucified, died, was buried and resurrected, he reappears to his disciples. And um, obviously they thought that was a pretty phenomenal uh, event, right? Jesus is there. He is just resurrected from the dead. Uh, pretty impactful if I'm in that room. But he's gonna go leave them and he's gonna go to the Father. He's gonna go be in heaven. 
But he says this to his followers, to his disciples. He says, um, I am leaving you, but I'm giving you something better than having me here in physical form. And that is my spirit. Meaning, even though I'm the God, God man, I'm God in flesh, um, God is going to live on the inside of you in spirit form. Meaning that you can have a constant ongoing relationship with me wherever you are in the world. That's a hard concept for me because I think about, uh, it'd be pretty awesome to have Jesus in bodily form just cruising around with me wherever I go. If I'm frustrated at my kids, God's there, I'm probably gonna be a better dad. If I have something going on in the household or even with a friendship, God's there, I'm probably gonna put myself in check. I'm like, oh, hold on a second. Jesus is right here next to me in physical form. But God says he's giving us somebody, something better. And it says this in Galatians chapter five, verse 25. It says, if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. By the spirit living on the inside of us, God can actually bring awareness to us around what it is that we should be guarding, what it is that we should be guarding. Now, when we think about our hearts and what's coming out of us, have you ever been in a place where we referenced 1 Samuel, right? God sees on the the things that that people don't see. God's looking on the inward condition of your heart. But a lot of times um, we judge ourselves and others judge us by what comes out of us. Now, when we ask the Holy Spirit for help, we're asking for him to bring awareness to precursors on what's actually happening on the inside of us. On God, what do I need to be doing and, and what do I need to be guarding myself from? Now, when you take a look at in that verse in Proverbs chapter four, when it says, guard your heart, that word guard in Hebrew is actually rooted in a word called natsar, natsar. Now, natsar has several different meanings. One of those meanings is to actually be put up a blockade, right? To create a barrier. Now you think about your heart and putting a barrier up, that seems pretty cold. Like, man, how calloused do you have to be to get to the point in life where you need to put up a blockade in your heart? But can I just propose for a few seconds some things that I think um, maybe as Christians, as Jesus followers, or as those who are curious about following the ways of Jesus, some things that maybe we should reconsider um, how much we're blocking or opening up in our lives. Bitterness, bitterness. Can I tell you in the year 2023, society is more condoning than ever of harboring and not blocking, but opening yourself up to holding on to a root of bitterness, which scripture says is like poison. Can I give us another example? Gossip, talking about other people in ways that are not positive. And and when we're unwilling to bring an offense that we would have against a brother or a sister to them first, but we'd rather go talk to other people about it. Are we guarding ourselves from some of these things? Can I bring it even further? I believe that one of the things in guarding our heart uh, that is powerful is not just guarding ourselves, but it's actually inserting believing the best in other people. Now, let me go even further in what I mean by that. Um, There's relational gaps and there's gaps that have happened in every single relationship. Meaning uh, I have a conversation with somebody on a Tuesday and I don't talk to them for uh, an entire month. And then I talk to them that next month. And in that gap, they have filled it in with all kinds of things they believe about our relationship, our friendship and interaction that we had a month ago. Um, What are you filling the gaps with in your life? Are you believing the best or are you allowing a root of bitterness, a root of frustration? Um, Are you allowing seeds into your heart that are going to bear fruit? Are you guarding your heart 
realizing it's the wellspring of life and it's what everything comes out of? Or are you allowing and opening yourself to things that are producing fruits in your heart that are different than the fruit of God, that are different than the fruit of the Spirit? Now, we all have a friend, I'm sure, um, that when something is going on in your life, you can call. And I want to almost for a second call out two different friends, right? Um, there's a friend that you can call and you can be like, oh my gosh, we're here right now in the studio and I'm looking at my friend, Joe. Now, um, if I have something going on with my friend, Joe, I know I can call up uh, uh, some people in my, but you know what? I can't believe it. I had a conversation with Joe and Joe did this, 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 and this. And he'd be like, yeah, you know, that's ridiculous. I can't believe Joe did that. And immediately, right, it feels good. It feels good because you get an empathetic person who just wants to like participate and get in there and take your side. Now, that's amazing. That's incredible. But can I just say for a second, we also have other friends. And I'll tell you what, I think we're very lucky to, by the way, I love Joe and we have no offense currently. So (laughs) just to clear that up. Um, But there's other friends, right, where uh, we will call them up and say, you know what? I had a conversation with Joe and he did this, 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 and this. And your reaction from this friend may be a little bit different. Maybe they are sober-minded. Maybe they take in your perspective. Maybe they've done a good job of guarding their heart. So they're not so open to hearing about offense and taking it on themselves and allowing it to perpetuate. But maybe this person is rooted in the love and forgiveness and grace of Jesus in the way that they approach their life. And so all of a sudden, um, I'm thinking about one person in particular right now, a friend that even my wife and I were speaking of and just how incredible they are. And they always have a balanced perspective, no matter what somebody brings to them, is they will say, hey, that's really interesting. I'm so sorry you're going through that. Um, I'm gonna be praying for you. Hey, have you considered maybe this perspective or this perspective? And you know what they're doing? They're actively seeking to A, guard their heart, B, encourage me or us to, to guard our heart, and they're filling in the gap with believing the best. You know, on our church home staff and on our team, we have three key values that, that, that we look for in, in people that we hire and also in people who are remaining on staff. And uh, the first value is this, is that we have a faith-filled attitude, that we are positive and that we believe the best. We have a faithful attitude and that we're positive and we believe the best. Now, why is that a value on church home staff? Because we want our church staff that's leading our church community to A, embody what it looks like to be a Jesus follower. B, to guard their heart because it's the wellspring of life. And C, guys, the way in which we are going to show the world that we are Christians is by the way that we love one another. If we don't allow the Holy Spirit to help us in our hearts, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and to bring awareness to blind areas in our life in which we are missing the point, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to help blockade things that we're letting in that are helping to poison our well and make us look not like the person of Jesus, then people around this globe will not see who Jesus is. Because when they take a look at his followers, his followers will not be indicative of his ways. Church home, we are going to be a church community that's going to guard our hearts from the things that will poison the well. We are going to be a church community that holds our heads high, that loves people, that allows the world to see that we follow Jesus by the way that we love one another. We're going to fill the gaps with love. We're going to fill the gaps with forgiveness. We're going to fill the gaps with grace. 
and we're going to fill the gaps with believing the best. I truly believe the amount of individuals on this planet that actively seek to do things to harm people just because they're so angry is very small. I believe that people who do things uh, that harm people sometimes are honestly thinking that they're doing what's best for the world. Um, but that's neither here nor there. All I'm responsible for is my heart. And church home, all you're responsible for is your heart. Are you going to invite the Holy Spirit to bring an awareness around your heart and what you have been allowing in that you now need to block? And maybe that's a relationship that you once allowed in your life. And the painful decision that you have to make is say, you know what? I realize that me opening myself up to this individual, it's making me more bitter. It's making me more frustrated. It's making it harder for me to love those around me and to look like Jesus. And I either need to find a way to pivot that relationship or um, I need to somehow draw a boundary there and guard my heart. Can I promise you this? The pain that you will feel in following Jesus, like I said that we just, that, like I said that we might, right? As we move down this path um, is far less than the pain of allowing things into our heart that are going to produce bad fruit over time. And third, and finally, I believe that one of the most significant ways in which we can guard our hearts and allow the wellspring that come from within it to look more like Jesus is to pray. It's just to simply pray. It says this in Philippians chapter four in verses six through seven. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. You know, as we commune and as we spend time praying together, church home, and I choose to do so every single day through guided daily prayers. And can I encourage you, if you're a part of the church home community and if you've yet to digest daily guided prayers, um, pr praying to God in this manner has transformed my life. And I've been following Jesus now for two decades. Um, and I will tell you what, guided prayers have changed the way in which um, I connect with Jesus. It's helped me. Um, prayer is a powerful thing because like the scripture says, we take our petitions to God and we allow him to guard our heart and to increase the capacity of our heart to love other people. As our perspective comes off of ourselves or off of our pain and goes on to Jesus, it's amazing to see what happens. When I take a look at Jesus in scripture, one of the things that I'm enamored by is the capacity Jesus had to um, withstand offense and continue to love people, to um, not allow things to stick to him, but allow them to roll off. When I take a look at Jesus in scripture, I take a look at a man who was constantly himself, even though he was God, was in constant conversation with his father. He was constantly connected to the branch, the vine and the branch, the beautiful agrarian examples that scripture gives us of the fact that God wants us to be rooted into him so that he can give us the sustenance that we need for life. I truly believe today that God wants to speak to you around areas of your heart that have been unguarded, that God wants to guard. I believe that if we focus on Jesus and allow him in to take our burdens away, second, that if we simply allow his Holy Spirit in to begin to ask him for an awareness around, hey, God, what are areas in my heart that are unguarded right now? How, what fruit are they producing? And 
is my wellspring of my heart that produces life, is it pure or is it poisoned by what I've allowed in? And then third, asking God through prayers, through petitions, allowing God to take our worry and to actually transition that into a sense of wholeness in him. I believe church home that we will look more like the person of Jesus and the fruit that we wanna see spread across the earth that we're not currently seeing on the headlines of today can be changed. That we can be a people who can actually make a change, even if it's just on our block, on our cul-de-sac. Can I promise you, you never know the impact of one life. And all of a sudden, if us guarding our hearts changes the way that we have a loving interaction with one human being in your world, in your sphere, I believe there can be eternal impact through that interaction. Nothing is too small and nothing is too big, but they will know that we are Jesus followers by the way that we love one another. And church home, can we guard our hearts together? Can we garner a community across the globe that decides to live like this and to live counterculturally in this way, in a way that may seem provocative, but to be honest, it's attractive. People are going to wonder what's different about you. They're going to want to know how they get what you have. And you know what's gonna be the trick? It's nothing that you've done. It's a work of God and his Holy Spirit in your life. Let me pray for your church home. Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are. God, I pray for a move of your Holy Spirit across our entire community globally. God, that we would be a people that would have a wellspring of life that would be demonstrating your love and your goodness across the globe. God, we thank you for who you are. Bring us the peace that we need today. And God, I pray for every individual within church home that you'd be bringing an awareness around things that we've opened ourselves up to, God, that we need to guard. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are and pray all this in your name, amen. And a second group of people that I wanna pray for today, if you would simply say, wherever you're at, if you're in a car, in a park, in a cafe, in your house, uh, or maybe you're just listening to the audio of this, wherever you are, I believe right now that if you have not yet to make the decision to follow Jesus, that your life can be changed in a single instant, that all you have to say in your own heart right now, as I take a, a quiet pause, is to say, Jesus, I need you and I want a relationship with you. So I'm gonna take a moment, I'm gonna pause, and then for any of you who are praying that in your heart, that's between you and God, right now, I'm gonna pray for you. Let me just take a pause and just say that, Jesus, I need you and I want a relationship with you. God, we thank you for these friends that right now are making a decision that is going to change the trajectory of their entire life. We thank you that they are loved in you, that they're whole in you. We thank you that you are their creator. You are the creator of their identity and of every part of their being. Jesus, we thank you that these friends are now with you for all eternity, that they now have your Holy Spirit on the inside of them, and that they can live and walk through this life guided by the goodness and love of your Spirit. So we thank you for it, God, and we celebrate them all together. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We love you, church home.